Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, topics, loaded like offense, co-centric, talk about it often, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, do it big. That's what I meant by are you running this thing. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, all right, yeah, here we go. <laughs> Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Danley. Thank you guys for coming back to the show. We got the whole freaking crew here tonight, myself and all the boys from Stampede Radio, Chris Chris, and my man Jim. Jim's back on the show. Fellas, what's happening? Yay. What's going on? <laughs> it's been so long. Yeah. How well, are you? It, it's been great, man. I'm glad to hear your voice back on the show. I'm just glad to hear some more input, to be perfectly honest with you. This, this is great. So... Um, lots to lots for us to talk about tonight. Lot going on. Uh, primarily, let's just jump right into it, fellas. Uh, the Colts get rid of their number thirteen. Oh, perfect timing for my computer to update. Um, the Colts get rid of their number thirteen overall pick for DeForest Buckner from the San Francisco 49ers. Big trade, uh, big money, getting him what is to be reported right now is around twenty one million a year. Um, did anybody get the the years on that contract? Is that a three or a four year deal? What is that? Does anybody five. know? Five. It's five. Wow, that's that's hefty. Um, so DeForest Buckner comes in after uh, a really impressive you know couple of years: twelve sacks in twenty eighteen, seven and a half last year. Um, but more than anything, he he just shows what a versatile, athletic dude he is up front, and he's going to be. Uh, you know, a, a real impact player up front for the Colts. Uh, our own Zach Hicks is putting up some some video of that uh, in a post. I mean, this is this is a game changer, I think, for Chris Ballard's defensive line. Shepard, what is your very first thought when you saw this trade go down? My very first thought was, I can't believe Chris Ballard gave up the 13th overall pick for a player. <laughs> Same. Um, and then, yeah, then my second thought was, okay, you know – Obviously, the the Colts weren't uh, as high on uh, the quarterback prospects that they thought would be available either at 13 or at a position that they can move up to get. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, they, they weren't as high as what the fans were. And and this was a, you know, a young defensive tackle, which is, a, a you know, a position that really you, you kind of need to have a guy that can play that that one tech or i'm sorry play the three tech and and really shoot the the gaps and he's a guy that is gonna he's gonna push a lot of pockets and he's gonna cause a lot of pressure and 
you know, Chris Ballard knows what he's doing. So if he's worth the 13th overall pick and, you know, I'm to the point with Chris Ballard where I'm, I'm just kind of, kind of trust him until he gives me a really good reason not to Mm -hmm. Jim, uh, this, this obviously adds big, big build up front because it gives him, uh, gives the Colts this interior, uh, not only the defensive, uh, front that they can do or that they can use against the run, but it gives them some additional pressure help, uh, up front and in the middle along with, you know, presuming that Kamoko Ture comes back healthy and as active as he was last year, Jim, what, what are your thoughts about what he, what Buckner actually adds to this front four? Uh, I, I think, I mean, I, I didn't know enough about him. You know, I, of course I saw this happen I, and I went and did some looking and, you know, I, it just seems to be completely on brand mm-hmm. um, with, with what Ballard has been saying the whole time. Like it runs through the three tech and, and I think that's this guy brings him <clears throat> the speed and physicality that he wants uh, at that position in particular. Somebody who's going to get in there and be disruptive. And you know, maybe our pass, you know, our pass just doesn't always get there, but it's enough time to give the secondary, you know, to he, he's gonna he's gonna pressure guys to react, mm-hmm. and it's enough to maybe you know get somebody to release the ball a bit sooner than they should get our secondary involved a bit more, you know, give them a little bit help as well. Uh, not just, you know, feed the pass rush. So um, I, I think he's going to really, I mean, be kind of a dominant force and, and take some attention. And I think we really need that up front. And then we get guys like Ture, you know, going and, I mean, I kind of think the sky's the limit for this defensive line. We've been kind of high on them for a while, uh, at least on our show. And I think adding uh, him in there is, you know, a piece that could take it to our expectations. Yeah. Blystone and Shepard hit it on the nose here. One of the first things that crossed my mind was, wow, we gave up the 13th overall pick. And I I know it's nothing compared uh, to the player uh, when you compare Trent Richardson and DeForest Buckner. So, But it did bring back like – Holy shit! First round pick gone for a top notch player who's drafted just a few years ago. I mean, it, it, it's like I said, it's not in the same realm there, but it did surprise me as well. When you look at what DeForest Buckner brings, not just with sack production, with pressure and everything else, this is kind of a, a, a weird thing. And I and I was a little back and forth on the compensation. I thought maybe what are we going to do? Are we going to possibly get? Uh, the 49ers first round pick and then have to give them maybe a second. I thought that would have been more on par for what Ballard would have wanted in return. Were you surprised that there was nothing else on the table? Well, look, the the three tech drives this thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was my most terrible Ballard impression. But, but legitimately, if there was any, any person, any player that you could see Ballard spending that that first round pick on this, this is on brand for him. I mean, it, it surprises us, but it probably shouldn't because he's been pretty consistent in saying that he's going to go after, you know, a quality player. And this is what I saw somebody say this. It might've been Zach. I don't know. I, the Twitter's been a mess. There's been crazy, uh, you know, fake guys on there and everything, but, but somebody season. said he's, he, um, you know, he's a player that um, you hope that you're, draft pick turns into in the first round right uh he's the kind of player i mean he's an all pro he's he's going to turn 26 years old tomorrow um massively disruptive guy who can push the pocket who's got a crazy motor if you watch some of the plays uh his pursuit when he's being double and triple teamed and doesn't look like he has any business being in the play um he, yeah he's on a stacked defensive line 
but we got a pretty good defensive line too. And this is a guy who has a chance to be the best guy on it. Um, yeah, the compensation's high. It surprises me a little bit, but this is one of those things. And remember, Chris Ballard's made a move like this before where he spent high capital on a position that quote unquote shouldn't be this high in terms of, cause I think the money we don't care as much about. We know there's money there. Uh, anybody who's bemoaning the amount of money, uh, I don't want to hear that because it seems like we complain about Ballard never spending money and then we complain when he spends money. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't, but some some Colts fans do. But to me, man, you should expect him to spend picks on, I don't know, 13 seems like a good pick to spend on that. I, would I have liked him to pick Henry Ruggs and have I said so on this show and anywhere <laughs> else anyone would listen? Uh, absolutely, I would have. But probably in terms of disruption, in terms of overall impact, I mean, you're going to see the secondary look better as a result of this. You're going to see Darius Leonard and Anthony Walker look better because they're going to get cleaner. Um, They're not going to get, you know, offensive linemen to the second level to the same level that they have been. And I think that you're going to see a ripple effect across the whole defense. that's going to make them look much better when you have an elite guy in the middle that can push the pocket. So, yeah, I think it's a little surprising, but also. I'm okay with a 13th pick going to do that kind of thing. I agree. And one of the things that a lot of people are talking about is he only had seven and a half sacks last year. Well, he had also had Bosa lined up outside of him, which he was creating opportunities for. When you look at kind of the Colts uh, pass rush package here, you've got a couple young dudes. You've got the the veteran and Justin Houston on the edge too, Ben Banigou. Uh You've got a couple guys that are still going to be there in the middle with uh, Grover Stewart, Danico Autry. Uh, depending on what Tyquan Lewis can bring, I think the Colts look really good right now up front. Um, obviously, this is best-case scenario type thing. But, I mean, th- right now they look both they had to have a nice mixture of youth and and not only uh, uh, power, but they've also got the veteran leadership in there that Chris Ballard had said that he you know sorely missed after allowing Al Woods to go and a couple other guys. So I think that's really interesting there. Um, now the ripple effect of all this going on, I'll get back to you, Jim here on this one real quick. Uh, the, the quarterback position, a lot of what we're thinking right now is that, you know, maybe Bauer just didn't love one of those quarterback prospects at 13, but I don't think it's completely beyond the scope of possibility here where we could see a package of 34 and 44 to try to move up into the twenties and maybe get that quarterback or, we could just see Bauer just sit and chill the rest of the draft and start picking people as he comes. Which one do you think is maybe more likely? Uh, I I think honestly he'll sit. Man, those second round picks for Ballard are gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think unless he's just playing some long game that once again we don't understand, and I that's totally fine because he's clearly smarter <laughs> than a lot of us here on this podcast. All but. of us. <laughs> yes, combined. Um, but I, I, to me, this is kind of a yeah, we're good. Mm-hmm. So let's let's make get some real value out of this pick. This guy we already know who is you know a known quantity and come and make immediate impact on the team day one. Uh, and then I've got two uh, second round picks that are pretty darn good in the grand scheme of things. And that's where he works his magic. So no, I'm at this point, I'm totally sold on just sitting on those two picks and, and, you know, seeing where the board falls. Shepard, do you think it's a possibility that maybe Brissett and one of those picks can be, uh, packaged to move up or is that, do you think that's on the table at all? Well, so I think um, obviously that would depend the, on a free agency signing between now and then. But I guess I'm just right. kind of spitballing with all of it. Yeah, 
the the Colts' first pick in the second round is the thirty fourth, correct? Mm-hmm. So they could probably move up to the thirty third with Jacoby Brissett in the thirty fourth. <laughs> I'm kidding. They could they could probably move up a little higher than that. Um, I, I don't know that I, I see that uh, as realistic. I mean, um, maybe uh, I guess maybe the Patriots do have one uh, in the back end of the first round that they might you know be comfortable with getting Brissett back and. And uh, you know, flipping that for for the second rounder and and Brissett, um, but you know, otherwise, I, I'm not sure that that's uh, necessarily realistic. I think that um, you know, it, it, like Jim said, you know, he said he said some pretty good luck with second rounders in the past, and the way that this this draft class is working out, um, you know, I think that there is going to be a lot of really good talent available, and and uh, he may even try to move down from one of those picks to acquire more picks to make up for the pick he just traded. I mean, obviously, you, you know, you're not going to make up for a 13th, 13th overall pick too often, you know, second through seventh round. But, um, you know, I, I, the more darts you throw, and, and I think that we've seen Ballard kind of take that approach in the past where you throw a lot of darts, you're going to, you know, you're going to hit the target a lot. So mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know that, uh, I think that if the Colts would have felt strongly about a quarterback prospect, they would have kept the 13th overall pick and they would have taken him there even if he's some even if he's a guy that they thought maybe would have been available you know in the the back half of the first round if you feel strongly about a guy and you want him to be your quarterback of the future and you're going to take him in the first round you just take him you don't mess around with it you just you just take him yeah uh, so you know I, I don't know that I, I see that as as something that's likely could it happen yeah absolutely i didn't see this happening at all Any, anybody that told you that they woke up this morning and expected DeForest Buckner to be a Colt before they went to bed as a liar. So, you know, anything could happen, but I don't, I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, Blystone, one of the things that surprised me the most about this was that uh, Ian Rappaport actually said that this had been like kind of in the works since around the Super Bowl, which kind of blew me away thinking, A, how did he keep this quiet, which Boward is fairly decent at keeping everything quiet and in-house. But that surprised me, first of all. And second on that, Bill Barnwell of ESPN actually gave these this trade grades, gave the um gave the 49ers a B minus on their end and the Colts a C plus. What do you think about that? I I think that's I, I don't know. I I like the I like the move for the Colts. I think it was probably pretty likely based on this move that they were gonna look at offensive line in at pick 13 anyway mm-hmm. um and and quite honestly and matt you're you're the one grading the quarterback so you'll know more about this than we will in this class but it's of my assessment based on what i've seen that there may not be any of the guys who are graded as first round talents still on the board at 13 anyway mm-hmm. so the colts maybe didn't feel they were even in the running for that so to me if you're looking at defensive tackle already you have a ton of cap to burn and you don't have much concern about really, you know, running through that money. It, I mean, why not go for the guaranteed all pro? Um, yeah. To me, that's a very, that's a very solid grade. I mean, he's, he's a guy who fits their scheme and you know, because of how much Ballard uh, covets his picks, he's given that away unless he feels really strongly about this guy. And so I don't know. I, I, don't put a whole lot of stock in grades because you get your guy like you, you scout him, you see what you like. Uh, it's kind of crazy that they've been looking into him for that long, but that also tells me. And one of the things I saw on our Niners nation uh, page 
the SB Nation 49ers pages, they were talking about uh, when they looked at the money, they knew that was never going to work. Um, and there were a lot of people who were upset, a lot as far as fans that were upset that they re-signed Eric Armstead instead of Forrest Buckner. They really preferred Buckner, but uh, the money he wanted was he wanted Aaron Donald money, and the Colts are in a unique situation where they can give that to somebody, and it's not going to hurt them. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it actually clues you into some of the comments that Ballard's made because at the Combine, he said, we're ready uh, in terms of not a big free agent. Our locker room is ready. Well, of course, now you look at this and go, yeah, of course they knew this. They already know they're planning to take on a big-name free agent. They're going to give him big superstar money. Uh, because this has been, you know, in the works since the Super Bowl, John Lynch probably knew that they were not going to be able to give him the kind of money he wanted, and that they were kind of going to try to have to work something out. And given how star-studded that line is, I think it worked out for the 49ers. So good trade for them, um, even though they lost a talented player. But the Colts, I think, have found a transformational veteran player who's been to the playoffs, which is an underrated thing. I mean, we've got a few guys who have been, but this is a, a locker room that is not composed of a bunch of, you know, grizzled vets who have been through this. And those guys matter when things kind of get tough. And so you've got a guy who's been through some of that and you know, he's been to the Super Bowl, knows what that's like. And you know, he's still hungry to go back and do it again. So I don't know. I, I think, I think a C plus is a, poor grade for this trade. I think this is a, a good trade. The Colts use what they have an abundance of, and that's money, and get a player who can be a major impact on defense right away at a position that, that Ballard obviously covets and is going to continue to invest in. Absolutely. Uh, anybody, before we move on, have any more thoughts on the on the big trade here from the Colts and the 49ers? No? Okay. Let's I, move I, on. I just... <clears throat> go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I just think it's really interesting... And I'm going to be interested to see because one of the things that I noticed is that Danico Autry had really good season, had a, had a really good, his games tended to coincide when other guys around him played really well and took some of the pressure off of him. Mm-hmm. And so he's my guy I'm going to be watching in this next season with this deal that he kind of was an underrated guy in his first season and then last season he seemed like he struggled a little bit i'm going to be really watching him and some of these young guys closely because when you've got justin houston and then you've got deforest buckner now that have to be accounted for by offensive line um you're i think you're going to see kamoko Ture and Danico autry go wild yeah i i think that's what everybody is hoping for at least to kind of see some of these mm-hmm. younger guys and even Danico autry like you said you know had some spurts in 2018 last year a little down but we know what he can do and what he's capable of um Let's move on to kind of the quarterback situation here and see has been pretty crazy. I mean, uh, Byron Jones goes to the Dolphins, one of the guys that I was kind of hoping for the Colts to get. Uh, really him or Amari Cooper, kind of whichever, you know, then tackle the other position through the draft. Uh, I, I thought that those would both kind of be um, good options, I guess you say. But now that we've got this quarterback situation kind of hanging over the Colts' head, uh, Case Keenum, as of today, the only one that's been signed, uh, that was by the Cleveland Browns. But Tom Brady apparently is uh, down to uh, the Bucks, Patriots, and somebody else. Uh, Philip Rivers is still AJ, – A.J. McCarron. Don't forget about A.J. McCarron. Uh, you know what? He didn't even make spot track, so that ought to tell you what we think about him. Uh, but you've also got Philip Rivers, who's obviously rumored to be the most likely candidate for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I still think that Teddy Bridgewater is kind of a dark horse option for the Colts. Uh, but 
one of the things that that continues to come back in my mind, yes, I think the the Colts are better with Rivers under center and as opposed to Brissett. On the other hand, when uh, Rivers and uh, Reich were matched up in San Diego, there wasn't a lot of yak. There wasn't a lot of uh, yards per attempt in that offense, and that's kind of left me with you know some question marks sitting above my head. Uh, Shepard, do you have any any thoughts on on this quarterback situation? What you'd like to see done? What you definitely don't want to see done? Um, so I think that I think that the first thing that I want to see done is I want everyone on Twitter to stop making jokes about Philip Rivers' kid situation because there there was a new thing that the president released today that said you shouldn't be anywhere where there's 10 people or more. And everybody on Twitter thinks it's really hilarious to joke about the fact that there are 11 people in Philip Rivers' house. And I get it. In a normal situation, I would be making fun of Philip Rivers too. But when I search for Philip Rivers' name for any news or updates regarding him potentially signing with the Colts. All I'm seeing are these same stupid jokes and I need people to stop. It is driving me insane because I just want to see if he's signing with the Colts or not. That's the first thing. So it's not about like, you know, any sort of like, Hey, privacy for Philip rivers and his family leave the kids out of this. No, No, no. you're you're clouding up my newsfeed. Yeah. It's not coronavirus insensitivity. It's literally inconveniencing shepherd. Exactly. I do not care about your stupid jokes. That's, that's the thing. So, I don't know about you guys, but football has been so nice today to have the league year open, to have free agency, to have these trades. Yes, I, you know, I, you, it's a distraction, and I get that it doesn't it doesn't eliminate what is going on in real life. But at the same time, it's been really nice to just have something to to focus on. That you know, when I wasn't working, j- just to focus on to kind of entertain myself, to take my mind off of the real world. So when I'm going through, when I'm searching for Philip Rivers' names, just please stop joking. We all know he has a lot of kids. We all know one of them has to be thrown into the street now because 10 people can't be together. We get it. I saw saw on on Reddit today, somebody made a comment like, imagine Philip Rivers behind, you know, our stellar O-line. He actually would have a home venue to play in this year. Uh, and you know, he's never used protection before, so it's a complete new world for him. (laughs) (laughs) That's all true. As as far as the quarterback situation relates to the Colts, I'll I'll get there. Sorry guys. Um, as far as it relates to the Colts, so I think that where there's smoke, there's fire and, you know, we'd kind of heard, um, you know, a long time ago that there there was kind of a little bit of smoke here and that was in my opinion it was just speculation from a lot of people that looked at the colts cap room uh and they looked at philip rivers and went oh well he's looking for a new place to play he has history with frank reich frank reich might be looking for a quarterback it makes sense but now ian rapaport is reporting that there is actual smoke mm-hmm. um and there have been multiple people all over twitter that you know may or may not be reputable so i haven't really you know, retweeted or anything like that, other than rap. Daniel Jeremiah is in that group as well, and he yes. was on yeah, the broadcast yeah, yeah. team for the Chargers. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. Daniel Jeremiah is he's reported that as well. So, yeah, I guess it are those two guys at minimum. Um, so it sounds like that it's very real, that it's something that both parties want. Um, and you know, I, I think that that it sounds like that that is going to happen, and it's just really working out the terms of the deal, which the Colts have plenty of plenty of room to play with. I know Ballard isn't somebody that's going to be pushed over and i think i think that probably the attraction from 
from Philip Rivers to work with Reich and Reich to work with Rivers is what's is what's driving both sides of this. Um, is Philip Rivers better than Jacoby Brissett? Maybe a little. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to have to go back and and watch more uh, Philip Rivers tape at this point, but. I believe, um, just based on what we've seen today, that Philip Rivers will be the starting quarterback of the, the 2020 Indianapolis Colts, assuming that there will be a 2020 Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I think so too. I think it feels like it's just already written in the stars there mm-hmm. for the Colts uh, for the next couple of years, and then we'll have to see what mm-hmm. happens with either Brissett, the NFL draft, or, or, or what have you. A um, little more news uh, before we get back to maybe the quarterback conversation, uh, you know what? Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with the rest of this conversation. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor in chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts, it comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. All right, guys, welcome back. So there was another really good trade uh, that the Colts made. Oh, my bad that the Texans made for the Colts today <laughs> in allowing them to get rid of DeAndre Hopkins uh, for a bag of peanuts and uh, David Johnson. So I'm pretty excited about that. I don't know about you guys. I like David Johnson, but he's not DeAndre Hopkins, and nor will he have the impact on any game as much as DeAndre Hopkins had. Blystone, break it down. <laughs> uh, so did anybody have a worse day than deshaun watson today oh, because he, he lost his star receiver in my opinion the best receiver in the nfl and his bitter rival gained one of the best defensive linemen in the nfl it this this was a terrible day for deshaun watson think about deshaun watson today uh pouring out for him because the poor dude is just having a bad day and um and now he's got AJ McCarron breathing down his neck, so he's his quarterback controversy in Houston as well. So, um, I mean, so so you're looking at DeAndre Hopkins going to Arizona, who is uh, set up to do great things, by the way. Um, so DeAndre Hopkins in a fourth round pick goes to Arizona, 
They get David Johnson, who was at the end of last season, the third running back on their depth chart and a second round pick and then a 2021 fourth round pick. So they basically got him for a second round pick. And wow. I mean, we're talking about arguably the best receiver and you could argue it. I mean, it's fine if you don't think that he's the best, but if you don't think he's top three, I'm going to start questioning your football knowledge mm-hmm. because he's one of the best guys out there. He's, he's had a great career. He's had two seasons out of his seven where he didn't break a thousand yards. He's had uh, like 10 or more touchdowns in every one of those seasons. But, but I think those two and his quarterbacks were like Matt job and uh, like a, broomstick i think I say, some so other bag of trash I don't like, know. yeah i have no idea i mean like i it, he he has made incredible plays he's made the connection between he and deshaun watson a blast to watch even though they're you know colt's opponents they're really fun to watch and on the one hand it's going to suck to play them because they're going to be less interesting but on the other hand the colts shouldn't be able should be able to handle them without him there um this is great news for the Colts and probably great news for, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, who's out of the crazy house there, and he's going to go over and play with Kyler Murray and and make that offense really exciting. But man, poor Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I don't know. Jim, I don't I don't understand this 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 trade. I mean, we were talking off air uh just before we started the show and and we get to this conversation where you've got a perennial Pro Bowl caliber wide receiver top. I mean, guaranteed, easily top five receiver in the NFL year in and year out. And you just think that you're going to be able to replace that with a deep draft class at the wide receiver position. I don't think that's I don't think that's how this works. I mean, you may get lucky and you may recoup a lot of his production with a great, a fantastic pick. But damn, man, I, I just don't. I, well, they don't even pick to the second round. How are they going to get that kind of production out of a second round guy? It's going to have to be the 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 stars in the skies opening up over Houston, my man. Well, and and you know we already know that Bill O'Brien is not the caliber of draft Nick that uh, that Chris Ballard is. Whoa. I know, shocker, oh, weird. On. So you know, to go back to your quest, your uh, who had a, a worse day uh, here, Blaster? I honestly think it was Bill O'Brien. He just doesn't realize it. <laughs> Not yet. He's an idiot. <laughs> like it's just nothing about this. You know, and and I I could care less if the Texans are good. I hope they're not most of the time. But like, yeah, it is more interesting when they're better and we can you know play a better team and beat them. But nothing about this in my dumb lizard football brain that I do have adds up to good for the Texans. I, if, if maybe they had finally floated and got a first round pick this year, maybe. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that the shocked me. Okay. First the trade was happening. And then I saw the details of it. I said, none of this makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. None of this makes any sense whatsoever. Uh, and yeah, I think DeAndre actually is probably happy. Good. Let this idiot trade me. He's doing dumb things every time he turns around. And I just don't know what it, it, you have to start questioning. So remind me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there uh, something released and maybe one of you guys posted it about um, how every team at this point has been to a conference championship that except was. the Texans? Yeah, that wasn't me, but yes. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. (laughs) At what point does ownership go, hey, wait a minute. Maybe (laughs) this guy's been duping us the whole time. 
because he hasn't got them any further in the grand scheme of things. And it makes it makes me think that maybe he saw the new rules for the CBA and was like, dude, they're letting an extra team in. I we don't have to be good anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> no, no more expectations. Maybe that's what it is. I I just don't know. It's you, you look at this, and then it's funny. This this trade happens, or you know, the news for this trade happens, and then the Colts trade happens, and any reasonable person looked at the Colts and Chris Ballard and how he handles draft picks and you know what he's willing to spend on and goes, oh yeah, yeah, it makes sense. That's and as we've said several times, and that's on brand. This is on brand, but not mm-hmm. in a good way in any way, shape, or form. And it just seems like these trades are getting worse from him. Yeah, and, and the Texans are spending a crap load of money. It seems like everybody they sign is getting thirty million. Um, yeah. some some safety with the last name of Reed, but I don't think anybody knows who which Reed it is. You know, it, just out of control. I'm not sure what's exactly going on in Houston. But in other news around the AFC South, also <clears throat> Jack Conklin, free agent pickup for the Cleveland Browns. He's no longer in Tennessee. Obviously, Tennessee does franchise. Uh, uh, Derrick Henry. They also re-signed Tannehill to that. So they've got a lot of their base back, uh, but they're losing a key piece of that offensive line. And Shepard, I want to run back to you with this, uh, just because of your offensive line prowess. Uh, this a big deal for, for the Titans, you think? Or is this something, this a key piece that they really missed? Kind of an underrated loss for them already this uh, early in free agency? Yeah, so I don't think that that Conklin is uh, a loss that's insurmountable. I think that uh, certainly, you know, you can you can kind of replace maybe not his level of play, but you can find a starter uh, at right tackle that's going to come in and give you something that's comparable. Uh, Con- Conklin had a, a bounce back year this past year. He had uh, the All Pro year, his rookie year, which you know, depending on on who you talk to, I haven't gone back and watched every snap of Jack Conklin in his rookie year, so I, I can't say for sure. But there are people that feel like that he maybe wasn't as deserving of that uh, in his rookie year. He played well, uh, certainly, but then you know he had a couple of injury plagued years, and then he he did have a, a bounce back year last year where he played well. Um, certainly not to an all pro level, but he did play he did play pretty well. So uh, you know it certainly hurts. It's never a good thing to lose a, a good starting offensive tackle. Um, but you know, it's not, he isn't a a guy that was going to end up becoming a a perennial pro bowler. If he could just stay healthy, he wasn't that guy. He was good. Not great. Uh, somebody that they can replace. Um, they did get weaker up front. Uh, and you know, that's a good thing. It, it, it's always good when your rivals get, well, I say rival, but I mean, come on. Um, it's good when your (laughs) division opponent, your division foes get weaker. Um, so you know, it's certainly not a bad thing, uh, but you know, it, it's not going to be. It's not game changing for them. If they would have lost either quarterback or running back, which they've built their team on the the legs of Derrick Henry, if they would have lost either one of those guys, uh, it would have been a, a much bigger loss. So they they chose wisely, um, unlike the Texans. Uh, but yeah, no, that you know, it's good for the Colts, but it's not a not a huge loss for them. Yeah. Uh, in other news, uh, I guess we look at uh, what the Jaguars have done. Which um, what are they uh, franchised Yannick and Gakwe Blystone? That this seems like kind of just a placeholding move here, so that they can work out a trade for him later. He obviously doesn't want to be in Jacksonville, uh, rightly so. Most people don't. Uh, 
Um, but this kind of makes me feel almost bad for the guy because he's basically, if they don't want to trade him, they're basically forcing him to hold out, uh, after tagging him. And so this seems a little, this seems a little bit of push and pull, a little uh, bit of tug of war between him and the organization. That's one of those things I wish they would have addressed in this new CBA is that they would have put some more stipulations on what's acceptable with a franchise tag because they got this that this thing that teams are doing with that where they're tagging somebody and then trading them and that's not the in the spirit of the franchise tag that's not what it's there for and um, so I mean that sucks for him because he's going to end up having to it's going to be harder for him to get to where he wants to be um, but you man the Jaguars are another team that you know they traded away. Uh, Calais Campbell to the the Ravens, and so that defensive line, if they don't keep Ngakwe, is going to be bare. This is going to be a team that the only thing I can think, based on what's going on in the AFC South, other than the Titans who didn't get the memo, is that everybody is trying to make sure the Colts are too high uh, in the picks to get a good quarterback in the coming years. That's that's <laughs> like it seems like a, a kind of concerted effort to make sure we cannot get to a quarterback because they just look. I mean, the moves that they're making don't make sense to me and. Ngakwe, I wonder if because of the Campbell move, if because they um, because they traded him away, they're going to try to keep Ngakwe maybe and see if they can smooth things over uh, and use him as a centerpiece to rebuild. Cause he's a good pl- good young player, and um, there's no guarantee they're going to hit on somebody like that. They got to have some building blocks there, and they, it can't be Leonard Fournette. I mean, come on, right? Guy can't guy can't get four yards of carry, so you can't build your team around him. So, to me. I don't know. I, I'd be interested to see. That'll be one to watch because if they don't get the right offer, they may decide they're going to try to sweet talk him uh, and keep him around and use him as a building block since they now maybe have a little bit more flexibility getting Campbell out of the building. Uh, but I'm still not sure that was the right move. And uh, I mean, who do they have left? What, what is what's the makeup of that team and who is there other than Ngakwe, assuming that he is assuming he's out of the building? Who's their like great like grade a player that they have on their roster exactly is it miles jack is it miles jack on defense maybe uh maybe it's gonna have to be because they've given away a guy on all three levels of the defense that was basically their uh you know their their guy when you look at corner gone you look at linebacker with ngakwe still there but maybe gone and then you like well and then then Telvin Smith retiring really hurt yeah, too because that true. came out at the beginning of all that, and then it's just like, ugh. Right. So, and I mean, they do have the nine, nine, ninth overall pick, but it, it almost feels like in order for them to feel like they've done anything at all, they're going to have to do something. I, I feel like they would have to trade to get this guy because they're obviously looking for a rebuild. Nobody on that team wants to be there, I don't think, through this. I mean, what they don't have a quarterback. I mean, they kind of have a quarterback. They have at least a backup, let me put it that way. Um, are they trying to get one in free agency? You know, uh, are they going to try to get one at number nine, you know, for the future? What the hell are they going to do? Uh, I, I just, they have a lot of question marks and not a lot of answers. And, uh, I think we're going to probably be seeing them pick number one overall next year. Perfectly honest with you. Uh, I'm not thrilled about that either. To be perfectly honest, I'd like them to not have Trevor Lawrence. I don't think that they need to have sunshine to go to the sunshine state. So, yeah, it, well, they're, uh, they're gonna jag it up. If they get him, they're gonna ruin his career. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's just they're just gonna jag all over him. Is that what you're about to say? Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awful. Uh, I am me, sad. I am moving in with proximity of them. They just can't help uh, themselves. 
I don't even know yeah. what the hell to do with this right now, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the part of the show where Matt wishes he was back on the Colts cast by himself, where he did not have to deal with this this bunch of crazy people. Oh, no. I don't get to drink my coffee when I'm hosting and, and talking to myself because I have to talk the whole time. Now I get to drink coffee while you guys are talking. So much better for me. Much better. And I get a laugh. As long as I don't snort it out of my nose I'm in, or reverse snort, I'm good. So, um, well, it's one thing we've proven by our shows is we're really good at talking. Yes. Saying things, maybe not so much, but talking <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, hey, just to go back really quick uh, to a point that Jim made um, talking about Bill O'Brien and, and one day the ownership's going to wake up. So I, I got curious um, because I knew that, that their longtime owner and founder, Bob McNair, had passed away. Uh, turns out his wife has taken over, Janice McNair. Uh, Janice is an 84-year-old woman, and it goes Bill O'Brien, Janice McNair. So hmm. Bill, Bill O'Brien has stumbled into the perfect situation where it seems that Janice is taking a liking, liking to him, uh, and Bill O'Brien has complete freedom to do whatever stupid thing he wants to do. So uh, long live Bill O'Brien. May he forever reign in Houston. We're getting personal. All right, so let's let's so let's, let's take a look at free agency as a whole right now. Um, a lot of guys already off the board. Um, I think there was a lot of good signings by a lot of teams. I think there were some questionable signings, but most of all, I feel like a lot of the signings outside of trades and so on and so forth. I think a lot of people did a good job to bolster their uh, their team on either side of the ball. There are several free agents left. There are a lot of important areas of need for the Colts where there are still some free agents left, uh, Mari Cooper being one. Uh, fellas, do we do we benefit more from signing Amari Cooper, another lucrative contract, no doubt about it, or is there second-round love for these wide receivers, maybe Justin Jefferson, something like that, to where the Colts can bring in some skill position guys here, still bolster their offense, but where do they go with the rest of this free agency. I mean, some of the corners are off. I mean, most importantly, Byron Jones. He was a guy I really wanted. I thought if they could get him, you just focus on wide receiver through the draft, and then you've really helped your team out uh, depending on, you know, no matter really what they do, honestly, at quarterback, I think you get yourself another lockdown corner, and you've got a real nice uh, solidification in that defense back there to where you can be proud of what you've got. Um, Jamie Collins is now off the market. He's going to Detroit. Uh, three years, $30 million. So there's a lot of guys here off the board. Um, Jim, let me go to you first, man. Is Who's left that you want to see the Colts try to take a solid run at? Oh, um, well, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I've been pretty out of the loop until today's news uh, for the most part. So I haven't been paying too much attention. But I, I'd go back to what you said uh, earlier uh, with Amari Cooper. I mean, that would be a dream you know, come true to add him to our receiving core um whether or not that's a possibility <laughs> um mm -hmm. especially with what money he might be asked for um I'm, it's probably a pipe dream and it's one of those things where like hey ballard's throwing cash around now let's let's go ahead and take a swing but yeah i mean i think that would be ideal especially with we could still pick up somebody really good in the draft on top of that and just build this monster receiving core. I mean, ideally we would have a, a quarterback who's good enough to, you know, use those weapons. But yeah, I, I think I'm right there with you on, on the Cooper thing. That would be wonderful. 
I, I think that's a, a, a stretch. But at this point, you know, with the trade coming out of nowhere today, hey, you know, let's let's just keep going for it. Let's mm-hmm. go for Cooper. Absolutely. And there's not a lot left uh, in the secondary, to be perfectly honest with you, like that. So that would give the Colts a really high dollar free agent at the wide receiver position. They could choose to bolster that through the draft if they chose to. Um, but uh, Blystone, where do you live? Where do you live right now in terms of guys that you want the Colts to target heavy? Man, I really wanted Byron Jones as well. Um, I, they need a corner opposite. I mean, they got Rockus in, and I think he's going to take a big step in the next year. And you know, they've got Kenny Moore. They need somebody else. They this year, I looked. So I, I went through and looked at the. Uh, big play touchdowns that were given up last year. And I think something like 50% of them, Malik Hooker and Pierre Desir were involved in. Mm-hmm. And so that's problematic. You got to replace, you got to look to replace Desir. And I don't know who you do that with. Um, I was looking to see, I'm kind of looking through some of these free agents because I've been trying to track most of it through the day. But um, the guy, probably the most talented guy out there is Chris Harris. And he's more, I think typically a slot guy. Am I wrong there? He's more of a Kenny Moore type guy. Um, uh, he'd be interesting, but I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I haven't watched this class in terms of corners to know what the talent looks like there. Um, so maybe they, maybe they think they're going to go that way um, or, or roll with the guys that they've got and think that they can get pass rush. That's going to be more impactful and that that will improve their secondary because of that. And they're probably not wrong, uh, but that's really the, the area I'd like to look because as deep as this, as this wide receiver class is, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if they went at 30, Four and forty-four. If they went wide receiver uh, at both of those positions, that would not upset me, um, because I think the talents there that would that would maybe give you somebody in the pipeline who could develop and be your replacement for T.Y. Hilton and uh, come alongside him. I think um, we've already talked about you know the quarterback position a little bit. I think that's probably the position most people hope that there's going to be some sort of an upgrade in free agency because we don't really want to see another year of Jacoby Brissett as the starter if we can avoid it, but that may be inevitable. And we've talked about that for a long time, that that, that very well could be the way things shake out. So um, I don't know. I would say if it were to me, that cornerback position is the one I'm the most concerned about and the one I was hoping to fill in free agency. But I'd be pretty happy if nothing else happened because defensive tackle was another one that I was hoping we could knock off in free agency and be done with uh, and then go into the draft kind of with that sorted out. Um, so I, I'd be pretty happy if they didn't make any other major moves. I Ideally, I'd like them to grab a quarterback, but um, I'm the defensive tackle position being locked down uh, makes me feel pretty good about it. If they could find a corner, that'd be even better. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Shepard, where are you at on this, man? Is there somebody that we haven't mentioned yet that uh, we're missing? I mean, so the only guy I, I actually, you asked the question and I, I decided to pull up a list of, uh, you know, remaining free agents. I just looked over the list um, and the only guy I think that I would, I could get excited about and, Again, it's a. It would be a, a very. I would have very mixed feelings because uh, historically, I have always really hated Philip Rivers. I, I just don't. I just don't like who he is as a person. Um, <laughs> it would feel dirty, but at the, at the same time, especially when he clogs your your newsfeed with things yes. about his kids. Oh, oh no, it's terrible. Oh, I'm it's terrible. That you know, he is our quarterback, and there'd be like fluff pieces about his kids. Ugh. Right, like it's just, <laughs> like it's just, it's terrible. But at the same time, the Colts would have a new starting quarterback. So, you know, it, man, it's just I'm conflicted. Philip Rivers is the only guy that I could 
I could really get excited about. I mean, if if we did something like we went out and signed Dante Fowler Jr., that's an intriguing move with with a guy a, a younger guy with some upside. But again, that's not you know I, I just don't love it with the the talent and the depth that we've got here. You know, we talked about corners a little bit. I, you know, I don't think Chris Harris Jr. is going to want to come to a team that. You know, there's there's question marks as far as who the starting quarterback is going to be. I think that he probably wants to win. Um, you know, you look at some other guys um, as you move down the list. You've got a guy like Everson Griffin. Uh, you know, he was uh, he's a guy that's been up and down, kind of had some issues, but um, you know, he's a guy that's intriguing. Um, you know, you you go through and there's just not there's just really nobody out there that it really gets me going that I just can't wait for them to sign. So, you know, it, for me, it's a, uh, you know, if they sign anybody else, I hope that it feels really weird saying this, but I really hope that it's Philip rivers and I feel dirty now, but um, that's uh, that's where I'm at. Yeah. I, I think, you know, now hear me out on this. Now I know that we know what we've got at the wide receiver position. We've got a few guys there that look like we could build off of that. There is a nice wide receiver core here, but I think signing a guy like Robbie Anderson, if they could get to him, really kind of opens things up. He's not the small guy that I think a lot of people perceive him to be. The dude's 6'3". So, I mean, and you know what? He's yet to have a season where he's caught uh, or where he's had less than a 14-yard per reception uh, season. I like that. Right now on the Indianapolis Colts, they had one guy exactly – uh, average more than 14 yards per reception. That was Zach Pascal. Everybody else, I mean, anybody who had like a, a, a significant amount of targets even was 12.1 or below. So, I mean, th- that to me tells me that the Colts need somebody like Robbie Anderson to kind of help T.Y. take the lid off of this this uh, this offense, I suppose. I don't know that Phillip Rivers is the guy to do it, but I think he'd have a lot more success uh, in terms of getting those wide receivers to peel out some yak uh, with a guy like Robbie Anderson in there. Then you add another rookie, and I think you've really got something brewing there. Hopefully you've got a guy like uh, Fountain coming back, you know, trying to get healthy. Pascal can have another rebound or another big year. And then I think you kind of tighten up that wide receiver core uh, with with really – I don't think Robbie Anderson's going personally to command – like the highest paycheck ever there, you know, it just, I just don't see that. I don't see him getting big time dollars. Uh, although I do see him getting a nice payday. I just think he would be a nice addition. Uh, does anybody think I'm stupid for that? No, not at all. I think that, I mean, if you could add a proven talent, I mean, they did it with Funchess, try to add a guy and give him a flyer, maybe a one year prove it kind of deal. That's a, that's a thing that Ballard's pretty good at a guy that's maybe looking to, to prove their value on the market. I think that'd be something that would make sense, especially given his size. I mean, he, he fits some of the bills that the Colts may be looking for and uh, would be an interesting guy to, to see added into the mix and uh, a little bit of a guy that's had some, had some off field issues. But again, Ballard talked about in the off season that it's not really you know, a major issue for their locker room because they're kind of pretty, they're well-built. So yeah, I could see that. And he hasn't had a lot of yeah, talent. I, I don't think it's a, yeah, I, I don't think it's a, a stupid notion at all to, to want to bring him in. Uh, at the same time though, the depth of this draft with wide receivers, you're going to have undrafted guys that are going to make teams. There are just so many good receivers in this class. Uh, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me to, to see him go after a guy like Anderson. But then again, you know, you, 
I it wouldn't shock me to see him draft a guy on day three, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with a fourth or fifth round pick that actually can end up contributing and and maybe he's not uh, as good as Robbie Anderson right or you know in the first year, but uh, a guy that can develop into to something like that wouldn't see wouldn't shock me to see uh, the Colts draft a guy rather than sign a guy, but it's certainly not not a, a bad idea to to look at that. Yeah, and I, I wanted to jump in really quick because I didn't know if we actually talked about this. I don't want to sideline the discussion, but do we talk about Costanzo's uh, two-year deal? No, I don't think we. I did not mention that off the top, but that is another part of the news that we needed to get to for oh, sure. So good. So I hijacked everything. That's cool. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Go Carry ahead. On. Go ahead, just... Chris. What do you got? <laughs> well uh i apparently got uh jumping ahead on the show notes uh here and hijacking the discussion but i i just you know i was excited to see that that was a two-year deal um uh, speaking kind of in terms of you know we're talking about bolstering the offense and and uh you know two-year 33 million dollar deal that's pretty encouraging for the colts because it again we were talking about possibly defensive tackle possibly offensive tackle uh and possibly quarterback as positions that we're going to be you know, things that the Colts might have to draft in that first or second round. And now none of those things are really serious concerns early. Obviously, quarterback is still something they got to figure out. But, um, you know, having that not on their plate for at least another year that they can kind of kick that down the road, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's actually huge for the Colts. Not only do – I mean, they have some leeway now, I guess, whereas you would say that they almost were forced to go – before this trade for DeForest Buckner, they were almost forced to go offensive tackle in the first three picks of their draft. I mean, there's just no way right. around it, I don't think. And Absolutely. And maybe even at 13, which would which would kind of suck because you've got the defensive tackle talent in the draft. You've got the wide receiver talent where you could get a top-notch guy. But I also think, you know, and, and just with everything included, everything that's happened thus far, including the Costanzo uh, re-up here, We've got, you know, of the possibility of getting a guy like Robbie Anderson allows Ballard some leeway with those first two picks in the second round. I mean, it allows him to, if he wants to go wide receiver and bolster it with a guy that's still hanging out, uh, you can get him. If you want to go corner, if you want to go in, 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 you know, you could go another offensive lineman if you really wanted to, if he felt there was one still hanging out there that that has some serious potential. But there's so many ways now that Chris Ballard can go. You've you've lined up yourself defensively to help yourself in the trenches, exactly what Chris Ballard always talks about. You've bolstered your offensive line just by re-signing one of your own and one of the best guys, underrated, one of the best guys in uh, in the league. And the bad news here, we're talking about wide receivers. Stephon Diggs now, breaking news, uh, has apparently been acquired by the Bills in a trade for uh, from the Vikings. So that's a little tidbit there. Stephon Diggs off the market, apparently, in a trade from the Vikings to the Bills. So with all that said, uh, think guys are starting to get a little bit uh, sparse here. But the, the, I think that the Colts are in really good shape, even though they don't have a first-round pick this year. Like we've talked about before, you get Buckner in there, and you, you're you just not going to match that, I don't think, especially in year one with anybody in this draft. Maybe – uh, maybe Brown, maybe Brown, but I think outside of that, you really don't, you don't, you don't find that kind of talent at, at number thirteen overall. Definitely, yeah. I think 
I think it'd be tough to find talent like that. So for me, Javon Kinlaw was a, a guy that was probably, in my opinion, more similar to what a guy like Kinlaw would give you. But at the same time, um, or I'm sorry, in like Buckner would give you. But at the same time, they're not they're not going to be apples to apples this year. It's going to take him some time. Um, it, you know, we can talk about how the Colts don't have a first round pick, but we. I mean, they did. They they traded their first round pick. They selected DeForest Buckner, and it just turns out that you know he's he's not a rookie. He's going to be twenty six, and um, the Colts are going to have him playing at a very high level still for a very long time. And um, you know, I, I I think it was a good move. I I think that um, you know that that was a piece that they've needed. The Colts have needed a, a pass rushing defensive tackle since what Peyton Manning's third year in the league. So uh, you know, it it was time. It was time to bring a guy in. Man, just looking at some of this compensation real quick. Sorry to take this off the rails again, but it's uh, per Tom Palacero, uh, Pelcero. We have man, why, why, I can't say his name for some reason. Pelacero. There we go. Uh, the Viking, the Vikings uh, trade Stephon oh Diggs God. and a seventh round pick to the Bills for a first, fifth, and a sixth round pick <laughs> and a fourth round pick for twenty twenty one. And the Texans got a two. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Oh boy. That is it just gets worse. Do you think that Bill O'Brien could be fired literally tonight? Oh you know it's funny. Uh our our guy Schofield, Mark Schofield here, uh has uh uh quote tweeted this Adam Schefter post with all that trade compensation with Bill O'Brien rubbing his nose on the sideline here. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> oh man, oh, it's it is good to have Chris Ballard as your general manager, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah it really is. I think uh, I think we're in pretty good shape here. I mean, oh god, where to go after that? That is ridiculous compensation. I cannot even imagine. Oh my god, that is so much. <laughs> Holy shit, that is so much. <laughs> five four five draft picks. Oh. Oh my god! Wow, <clears throat> insane, insane. So you know what? Now's a good time, uh, Blystone, to go ahead and hijack your next point of reference because I'm I'm kind of at a loss for words after all that. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I like making fun of the Titans, but I might have to switch to making fun of the Texans in the 2020 <laughs> season because they're just making it too easy. I mean. Wow, that's that's something else. And I, I do feel for them. I don't have any actual animosity. I dislike Titans fans. I don't have any animosity for Texans fans necessarily. Uh, that just that sucks. I mean, you, you watch that stuff happen. And like we haven't had to be the I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I ha have not followed the Colts long enough to have to watch uh, significant amounts of this incompetence. Obviously, we watched Ryan Grigson, but I don't think that it took place long enough for us to be totally aware in the moment of quite how incompetent he really was. I think we had suspicions and we started to get it toward the end. Uh, but man, how hopeless must you feel if you're if you're a Texans fan to just look at this and just go, <laughs> man, this is just not going to get better. I mean, I've got a buddy who's a Bears fan and he went into the today really optimistic and hopeful that they were going to make some moves. And uh, the last thing that I heard was they were talking to Andy Dalton and Marcus Mariota. And he's just sending me texts like this is how it always starts. It starts off good and then everything goes to crap. And uh, so I don't know. I mean, I come away from today feeling like, man, we're, we're in good hands. Uh, the Colts are going to be how weird is it going to be to watch the Colts have a menacing defense? Because I think that's absolutely what we're going to have, because, you know, that Chris Ballard's going to go out and draft defensive players, too. He's not going to stop here. Um, 
And so you're going to have a menacing defense to deal with. And that's maybe the first time that that's ever been. I mean, we've had some defenses in the Chris Ballard era that have been okay, but the, this might be the first time where the defense is legitimately kind of a terror, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got Buckner. You're going to have Darius Leonard following that up. But I, look, I, I mean, I think it's time for this safety crew to really step up and have a major year. I really do. Yep. Uh, can Kari Willis do it mm-hmm. alongside, you know, I mean, the Colts spent a 15th, you know, the 15th overall pick on their next king safety, right? And now you've got yep. Kari Willis coming in here. It's going to be opposite of him that had a really good rookie season. Um, I, I mean, hookers really got to impress this year and the Colts desperately, in my opinion. And I, I use the word desperately because I really do think, I mean, just after watching the DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Hopkins highlights today, talking about his trade, my God, Pierre DeSir just was getting murdered in all of them. And it just was not pretty. The Colts desperately need another corner, another, another lockdown corner. They need, they need a guy there to allow, you know, Rocky Sin to kind of develop for the next year or two. Um, offensively, though, I think, the t- honestly, and, and Shepard, we're doing the tight ends as well. I think the Colts are in trouble at tight end uh, for the most part in terms of yeah. trying really finding a playmaker out of this draft because they're, they're done already in free agency. I mean, Hooper's off the market. Right. Yeah, yeah they're, they're going to have to look uh, to the draft, and really it's not a – it's not a super deep tight end draft class. So, you know, if they don't find a guy, uh, well, I mean, they're going to have to find a guy um, somewhere that I think that it, we're going to see them have to add a, a tight end in free agency and potentially look to one in the draft. I mean, uh, you know, a year ago, we, we felt like that that was, we had maybe the best tight end room in football. And, and here we sit today and we're like, okay, you know, we've got one, uh, maybe not so athletic, but solid, uh, you know, blocking tight end and uh, who else? So, you know, it's, uh, it's, one, it's one of those things we're going to have to find a guy. So we'll, we'll see what happens there, but certainly it's a need and, and it's something to look, look forward to going forward. Right. I mean, we've been talking about, or the Colts have been talking about, you know, uh, Mo Alley Cox, you know, getting ready to creeping on a come up, you know what I mean? For the past couple of years. And right. to be honest with you, you know, after last season for Jack Doyle, and it's not that I thought he looked terrible, he he just looked old to me, and this year, if you know he doesn't have a stellar year, I think the Colts could be in real trouble to position if they don't make some moves to uh, acquire some real talent. To be perfectly honest with you, so uh, this is um, this is just my my take on the tight end position. When I was at the Senior Bowl uh, on the the last day of practice, they they moved the practice inside, so uh, I'm. I had access to a lot of places that, uh, you know, normally if the weather would have been good, uh, you know, the media would not have had access to, I stood right behind Morocco Brown and I just watched him and he was watching the tight or the, the tight ends and, uh, Bryson Hopkins, a tight end from Purdue blew this kid up. He's not Bryson Hopkins. Isn't a great blocker, but he blew this kid up and, uh, you know, it was a great block and, uh, Morocco Brown scribbled furiously on his little notepad. So if the Colts draft Bryson Hopkins, it's probably because of that one moment that I saw at the senior bowl. So, uh, write it down, make a note of it. I I liked Hopkins. I I liked him too, to be honest with you. And I'm not seeing a lot of the guys who, uh, are in pretty much typically everybody's top five outside of Komet. I mean, they're all replaceable in any way, shape, or form. You could 
put them in any order as far as I'm concerned about right now because none of them stand out after him, in mm-hmm. my opinion, to right. be perfectly honest with you. And I liked Hopkins, too. I felt like he was one of the better route runners. He was definitely more one of the guys that commanded more presence downfield from the defense, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, I mean, I don't know what that's saying compared to the rest of this group. But whew. anybody else got anything uh, newsworthy that uh, that I may have skipped over or anything like that? Other than that, I think we're about done for the day because I think we're going to have to keep coming back here in the next couple of days. I think we're going to have some quarterback news within the next 48 hours for certain to talk about. Um, hopefully, you know, I don't know that the Colts are going to dive that deep into free agency after that, to be perfectly honest with you, maybe some smaller moves, maybe some re-signings and so on. But outside of that, I don't really see the Colts going much deeper. Does anybody see any bang bangs, uh, that, that, you know, are creeping under the radar by any chance? I think it's got to be pretty close to their limit because good grief, how do you convince Chris Ballard to give up any more than he already has? He's probably sitting in sitting in a corner somewhere rocking back and forth to console himself that he gave up a first round pick on purpose. <laughs> I mean, even even knowing what he got for it and feeling good about it, I mean, the guy can't feel great. So he's probably in recovery right now trying to to get his bearings again after doing something that is sort of so out of his out of his character. But it would probably be uh, it'd be silly for us not to give a, a short draft guide plug. We kind of been talking about that, what, what guys we're going to be covering, but mm-hmm. we got the draft guide guide coming and I'll just, we were talking about safeties earlier and I'll give my little uh, teaser here. We did, uh, we did something different this year with the draft guide where we're actually covering, uh, we're grading the Colts current players, the starters. Uh, so we can kind of compare those to the incoming class of rookies and kind of give you a good comparison. So uh, if you pick up that draft guide, you'll get um, the, the player grades and scouting reports for current players. And I will say Malik Hooker was, uh, this might be a hot take on my part, and this is not necessarily how the final grade will shake out because I'm grading six Elliott. Um, but Malik Hooker was not my highest graded safety on the Colts roster. I'll just tell you that was my little hot take. Um, I don't think that's so, a hot take at all. Personally, yeah, that's uh, not a hot take. Yeah, <laughs> come on, Chris. Yeah, so come, yeah, I mean, come better. Uh, that some, <laughs> some people will view it as a hot take. I mean, I I had he and George Odom all not all that far apart, uh, which mm. is a little little crazy. So, um, going to be interesting this year. I think with the draft guide having those comparisons, I think it's going to be really cool. We'll get a chance to go through the guys we've got and see how they how they stack up. So, um. But like, just like the say, like the Titan, uh, the tight ends class, the safety class is not going to provide somebody who's really going to move in and just save the day. It's it's not a good class either. So, uh, the Colts are going to have to make some moves, and maybe they'll be low key ones. Uh, maybe they'll wait until sort of this first wave has gone and some guys get cut. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch over the next couple of days how that goes down. All right, real quick, let me drop a quick bomb real quick. Any chance that Ballard decides to deal Hooker? I mean, it's it's possible. Uh, it, you know, he he's going to be a guy that they're going to have to decide on that fifth year option right. um, sooner rather than later. Yep. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's definitely something that's possible if they if they don't feel like that he's uh, he's been the type of guy that they thought he would. It, when Ballard got here and he drafted Hooker, he drafted him. He did draft him on a, a short a uh, short time with the Colts. That said, he was still covering the draft. He knew what to expect. He knew that he liked. The guy, I'm not making excuses for him, but at the same time, um, you know, Chris Ballard didn't know who his defensive coordinator was going to be. There were a lot of things that, you know, he, he that have changed since he took Hooker. So it, you know, it wouldn't, it would be surprising, but it wouldn't be shocking to see him move on from him and try to get some return rather than, uh, you know, letting him walk and hoping for a comp pick. Mm-hmm. It looked originally with these 
two picks. You get Hooker at 15, and then you had Quincy Wilson in the second round. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. awful. To me, it seemed awful apparent. The Colts were moving to a primarily a cover three uh, right. defense, and that is not at right. all what they did. And to this point, I mean, I'm not going to completely murder Hooker because I think he's been a pretty solid guy. Uh, he did show some flashes in his rookie year, but he just hasn't been he hasn't been the 15th overall selection for the Colts that's for sure and Quincy Wilson sure as hell hasn't earned a second round uh pick uh, by any stretch so um you know I I think that Wilson is iffy to be on the roster in one way or another but as we you know I just it's been bouncing around in my head about Hooker with him getting so close to the end of his uh first contract maybe uh Maybe Bauer decides to deal him and try to find somebody else he thinks can be just a little more consistent. Uh, but you know that big playability uh, is, st- is still certainly there from from Hooker. So, uh, guys, unless I forgot something, we're going to close this out. Uh, Jim, Chris, and Chris, thank you guys for jumping on the show with me. Uh, thank you all listeners for for coming back to this one. The, kind of a big show, uh, a little over an hour. Um, but just some spitballing most of the way. But the big news, obviously, with the Colts trading away the 13th overall pick for DeForest Buckner, uh, this should yield big things for this defense, and and we're really hoping to see some major strides for uh, for this entire defensive unit going into the 2020 season, uh, if that ever starts because of the coronavirus. So uh, we will, you know, try to move on. Probably have some offensive news, I would assume, within the next 48 hours, but. Uh, uh, for Jim Campbell, for Chris Blystone, for Chris Shepard. Thank you guys all for listening, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Colts Cast. Blue.